I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, crisis negotiator, and you're listening to WhatCopsWatch.com. They all wear uniforms. They're honored to wear the badge. They defend life and property and carry guns. While they're often called superheroes, they, in the end, are humans, just like you and I. This is WhatCopsWatch.com. I'm Captain Chris Giuseppe. I'm an author, a screenwriter, and I've been in law enforcement for over 20 years. I'm Mike Wilkerson, the media generator with thousands of entertainment podcast reviews across a decade plus, loaded and ready for bear. The television programming is out there. The feature films are bigger, more action-packed than ever, and out there too. It's a growing world of media, both on and offline, but what do cops watch? Get ready to cross the yellow podcast tape and learn more about the thin blue line. It's time for another episode of WhatCopsWatch.com. There's something to be said for new technologies, classic characters, and ultra-kick-ass, kick-assing sessions that are available as fast as you want them. There's a new sheriff in town. He's dressed all in black. And while they'll say that justice is blind, this guy is blind. We, of course, are talking about the new Netflix-centric series, Daredevil focusing on the initial tales of defense attorney Matt Murdock, his quick origin, and the initial episode of the first of many online offerings that look to change the way we intake entertainment, stories, and of course, ass-kicking. It's time for another episode of WhatCopsWatch.com, and you're invited to visit the first episode of Season 1, Episode 1 of Daredevil, Into the Ring, here on WhatCopsWatch.com. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris Giuseppe, your other host. Chris, I'm really excited to get to this, of course, because it's about comic book stuff, which I absolutely love. But first, some quick housekeeping. The Avengers Perspective Review. Chris, you love this movie, don't you? I absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. It's that, uh, it, it's just got everything that attracts me to a movie. You know, it's got the superheroes. It's got the uh, good versus evil. Mm-hmm. It sets up the aspect of good values mm-hmm. of, you know, laying your life down for another person. And mm-hmm. that's what police officers do. Yeah. I've actually gotten the Avengers poster and I photoshopped Chris Head onto Captain America. So you can see that right now. I'm kidding. We didn't actually do well, that. Well, I would appreciate that. But, <laughs> I know uh, you would. You know, I, I was know about to go look at that. <laughs> because the only thing that has more shine on it than Cap Shield is probably yeah. your head. That's correct. And I don't have to shine it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, uh, we just got done with the perspective review, which is where we look at a movie that came out now almost three years ago. And uh, in prelude to the second one that's coming out, go back and look at it from the aspects of what kind of hype there was, what kind of money the feature film has made, the good, the bad. But of course, the franchise, it's something solely unique. And it's only from Two Guys Talking. You can go check that out right now over at twoguystalking.com forward slash Avengers. It's great stuff with five team members all chiming in at once, waiting for you to chime in as well. The Avengers Podcast Headquarters from Two Guys Talking. Quickly assemble. And this, of course, is the actual center where all of the podcasts, the perspective reviews of those Wonderful feature films that feature comic book content are all there in stair step waiting for you to get 
up to the Avengers Perspective Review. So you can listen to every single thing that we've done in regard to comic book movies with all of those heroes to date, and then listen to the Avengers Perspective Review. It's all in one place, and again, it's twoguystalking.com forward slash Avengers. Assemble! Spoiler alerts! Everyone knows, if you've ever listened to anything Two Guys Talking based, we do not do spoilers. So, other than this first episode, and a couple of mentions of some stuff that's going to happen inside of the feature films, Daredevil, both the original and the director's cut, we will not be spoiling anything except for what happens inside of the first series offering of Daredevil on Netflix. So now that we've talked about enough comic book stuff to shake a blind guy at... Mm -hmm. Let's get straight into our WhatCopsWatch.com episode, where we focus on Netflix's Daredevil. Season 1, Episode 1, Into the Ring. The series. What is Daredevil on Netflix? Now, Chris, you know nothing at all about Daredevil at all. Nothing. Correct? No. But you're a regular Netflix watcher, correct? I am. Like regular? How, how regular? Probably every other night or so, I'm, I'm watching something on, on Netflix. Blue Bloods, I've been watching. I've been trying... Uh, Arrow, mm-hmm. I thought that I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we were now you know that CSI. Arrow is also based on another comic book property, Green Arrow, inside the. It's a different um, publisher, essentially, mm-hmm. of comic books, but it's uh, it also is a comic book based property. I assume that I assumed it was based on Green Arrow. They really don't. It doesn't seem like they mention. I've heard it mentioned once, mm-hmm. and I've watched quite a few episodes. Mm-hmm. I like how they put that one together. Yeah. It, it's got a lot of really attractive qualities as well. And the the neat thing about what's happening here on with Daredevil on Netflix is that I, too, am not a hardcore know-it-all know of anything Daredevil. Mm-hmm. It's been on the periphery of property that I have any interest in. I'm terribly familiar with the feature film that was released in 2003. Mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with the director's cut that was also released several years later. Mm-hmm. They're both wax at trying to pull off daredevil on the feature film uh, mm-hmm. on the uh, on the big screen and not too awesome there, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of detractors the director's cut gets it way better than the initial movie offering gets it mm-hmm. but it still missed the mark this series however not only does it offer you something completely different but it's still offering the essence of the program which is really important inside of Daredevil because of the things I do like, that super dark, ass-kicking vigilanteism, mm-hmm. I'm a total fan of that. You give me a, just about any of that with any property, comic or not, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty much in. Uh, Steven Seagal films, mm-hmm. any of the Arnold films where it's one guy against the world kicking ass, uh, all of the Bruce Willis films, even the bad ones, they right. all start with one guy against insert enemy. Right. And I really enjoy that. It's fun. turns into popcorn movie. There's a uh, Very often there are sometimes those super light and dark values that are compared and smashed together to see what happens inside of it. And I think you get a lot of that inside this series. Right. The reason Daredevil matters. So you have to remember that while Daredevil is a character out of comic books mm-hmm. about a, a blind guy, a, a defense attorney who essentially dresses in all red with a couple of wired sticks at night, ass kicking his night away. Mm-hmm. You have to also remember that this is the first of four properties inside of the Netflix universe, mm-hmm. inside of the Marvel universe that will be presented. There are three others that are going to have series that are very similar to this, all of which have a reasonable proximity to the stories that we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. So if not in New York, then literally across the hall from what we're looking at right now. And those four will then team together 
for an Avengers-style series of episodes, eight episodes, inside of the Netflix universe before they too ascend to the feature film universe. It's a bunch of really great story building that has never happened before. We've never had this kind of story building where you've got it all online, you have it released all at the same time, Mm -hmm. you can watch all 13 episodes back-to-back as long as you can stay awake. Mm-hmm. And that has never happened in in a series of any kind with the quality that we're seeing in particular from Marvel. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that this series really does matter. And that's why it's got to hit the mark. They've got to get it right because yeah. they have all this other content coming. So this mm-hmm. is the foundation that they're laying for the future. Yeah. Yeah. There's another really important aspect I want everybody to remember. Insert the tone. What does Chris know about Daredevil? I can sum that up very quickly. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I don't know about the comic book character. I have not seen the movies, director's Mm -hmm. cut or not. This was the first episode that I watched. So this this is, I know nothing. Well, I like, there's several things that I like about us reviewing this inside of whatcopswatch.com. First is the aspects that we're going to be able to lay on, i.e. behind the badge, looking at it Mm -hmm. from a law enforcement perspective of what could and might and can't happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love that. The second thing I love is you in particular, I don't know many men your age that know nothing about Daredevil like at all. (laughs) I I have friends that I can go to Mm -hmm. who can tell me about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about that. That's a very interesting perspective. And the other perspective that, of course, we have inside the studio because... What does Mike know about Daredevil? Now, while I am a big comic book guy, and I know quite a bit about Daredevil just from reading his uh, bios inside of a variety of different comic books, I do not follow Daredevil comic books at all. I remember lots of cover art. I know that the feature films, which I am very familiar with, uh, all paint pictures that are very colloquial Mm -hmm. inside of what you can see inside of Daredevil comic books. So that I've got, yes. But anything else? I have no allegiance to anything that I'm going to see on screen. If it's not what you'd see inside of the comic book, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. I just want engaging storytelling. And I really do think we're going to get it from this. The uh, the ability to go outside the cone of a PG-13 rating, because Mm -hmm. you can, Mm -hmm. I find very electric inside of a Vigilante series. It's what's missing inside of what I think is most, in fact, any Vigilante television series or movie product of any kind Mm -hmm. whether it's something like the punisher that's also from marvel all of those hardcore you know how do you handle 17 guns in the episode of anything and not murder anybody Mm -hmm. it just doesn't doesn't happen Mm -hmm. and so you've got to have that harder edge and having this stuff online in particular via netflix really allows them to have that let's talk about the main characters so you got matt murdoch what do you think of Matt Murdock as a character in this first episode? You know, I like him. Um, I do, too. I, I, I like the characterization. Yeah. I thought the actor was great. He was engaging, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I think as far as a uh, main hero, you know, he pulls it off. I, I, I He's likable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'd agree with that. The other thing I really like that, and again, I've seen the entire series now as we review this, mm-hmm. uh, but the what I've really liked about him in general is that there is a definitive line down the middle there mm-hmm. are two people that are acting mm-hmm. they're played by the same guy but there's two people acting he has a very definitive matt murdoch ness that he puts on mm-hmm. and then he's got a daredevil ness that he puts on when he's literally got the mask on mm-hmm. and that that is a very big achievement and that you can also be consistent with that that's a huge achievement inside of acting circles 
I also really like the young kid that you don't really get showcased more than just a few minutes inside of this. But I like him a lot, too, because to be believable, in particular with the glasses that he's wearing, it's a dice throw. It really is. And that you're able to just sit and watch the story and be engaged, that is a definitive thumbs up. Yep. Foggy Nelson. Probably the character I hate the most. Yeah, I, you know... I was in, uh, in I was, the series, yeah, or in the the mythos of Daredevil. Yeah. However, in this, they've done something completely different. Okay. And I won't know because I don't know the true. series, true, or the true. comic book. Right. the The fact is <laughs> that he has traditionally been used, and he was inside of the feature films as well. He's been used for simple comic relief, mm-hmm. i.e., it's time to be ass kicking, get Daredevil. It's time to be at all engaging or wooing a woman. Fine, get Matt Murdock. Wait a second, we got to yuck it up and break the tension? Where the hell's Foggy? Hmm. And that's what they've used him traditionally for. Hmm. Now, inside of this realm, especially towards the probably the 75% piece inside of this series, very different story. I got nothing. Well, tell me what you <laughs> thought of your initial take on No, uh, Foggy Nelson, I'm 50 50 on this guy. He's uh, I, Obviously, he's here for comic relief. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to be witty enough to keep up? Uh, are they gonna Are they gonna pull the the right characterization into where he's gonna be engaging and he's gonna have a deeper sense of you know you can, you're kind of superficial if you're just around for this comic mm-hmm. relief and it's gonna go hokey. Yes, right. And I think that's uh, exactly what happened inside of both of the feature films. As I as I continued to watch it, I liked him more. Mm-hmm. So as as they got into it more, he did add an element of depth. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. To the episode. Well, it's fun to watch a reason for there to be Nelson and Murdoch mm-hmm. inside of the inside of the office space. Right. I really do enjoy that, and I think he's a definitive asset to the entire series. So we talked about the two main characters. Let's get straight into the goods and the bads of what we saw inside of Daredevil on Netflix. Season 1, Episode 1, Into the Ring. Yet another kid in peril. You know it's one of my pet peeves, <laughs> yeah. right? You turned you, this off. Did you even you, watch the rest you, of it? I, you know, I I watched the rest of it. You said you wanted to talk about it, but it's one of my. Yeah. It, you know, it's one of those things. You know, I, I've seen a lot of bad things with kids. Yes, I've yeah, seen uh, and 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 he, I know that I'm repeating myself from podcast to podcast. But you can ask any police officer. You've seen the gruesome things that people do to kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not one of the things I go to for entertainment. But mm-hmm. yet, in the beginning, they have the kid laying in the laying in the street, and he's got toxic waste in his eyes, and mm-hmm. he's screaming, and mm-hmm. and his, and his you know you got the parent over him, you know, trying to wipe it out, and then all of a sudden he opens his eyes, and he's blind, and it's mm-hmm. just a a traumatic thing. He saved a guy's life mm-hmm. doing it, so it sets the precedence. I like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just another another one of those yeah. instances. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to jump in on the not quite the other side of this because it's not like, oh, Mike loves to see children in peril. Right. Wow, look, more dead kids. Awesome. That's not the case at all. But what uh, there's two things here. First, it's the origin story of Daredevil. Right. So, Which I knew nothing about. Uh, right, right, right. Absolutely. Right, right. Uh, what it also this series doesn't paint well, which is actually turning into a bonus, is that his, quote, superpowers mm-hmm. are that his other senses are incredibly enhanced because of what happens to him and maybe what is also inside of him. So that mixture along with whatever the hell's in the barrel is what creates the character of daredevil as a child. And I didn't, didn't even, didn't get a lot of that Mm -hmm. even going through some of the, you know, later scenes, Mm -hmm. not figuring out, you know, because some of the later scenes, it's like 
somebody takes a shot in with a gun, but he can dodge it, you know, or he gets out of the way. He knows that's coming. And yeah, I didn't get yeah. that from yeah. the series. Yeah, and it's not that he's got super hearing and can hear which direction the gun is pointing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's 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 almost echolocation. Mm-hmm. And it's something I'm really glad they decided to abandon inside of this series. And, and they have for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of episodes as you get going through it, Nick, not quite explain, but they try to showcase kind of what he, quote, sees. Mm-hmm. And I find that very valuable, especially in the fact that they don't do a lot of it. Because mm-hmm. inside of the feature films, what happens is you've got, okay, so there's the origin of Daredevil story. Ooh, ah, awesome. And lots of, you know, where the, the kid sees all of these these things that he can't quite make any sense of because he hasn't had enough time to deal with all of it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I get that. That's okay. But then every single thing throughout the movie, when something happens like, you know, Daredevil is not Daredevil. He doesn't have his costume on. He's, he's essentially in his kitchen. He's making some pancakes. Mm -hmm. And so he puts down the syrup bottle and the syrup bottle echolocates everything in the room for him. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I don't, I don't need you to do that. Yeah. I don't need you to do things that are redundant over and over and over for me like that. I get that he sees things that, one, we don't, Mm -hmm. because he can, but you don't have to show me all of those things all the time. Just get to it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that this series has done wonderfully so far, Mm -hmm. and in particular inside the first episode, because if it's got you asking the question, it's going to have other people asking the same questions as well. And I want that. Right. I want you to want to know more about Daredevil, in particular when you're done with all this. I did. I want and I mean, you to it, it go into comics. I want you, you know, to go and it to may, the web. It may, I want you to go get all that. It may spark a criticism of, hey, you know, uh, come on. He's, you know, he's fighting a guy with a knife. How does mm-hmm. that work? Mm-hmm. I want to know more about the superpowers. Mm-hmm. You're really not flushing it out. Mm-hmm. But then again, was that the purpose mm-hmm. to keep you coming back? Yeah. Again, it goes back to what it actually is. And the, the sample would be in – it's way more of an explanation for someone that has no information at all about mm-hmm. Daredevil is that if if you are Daredevil and I'm the guy with the knife, you not only experience what you see, but like if I'm wearing a leather coat, you hear every inch of my leather coat moving. Uh, if I'm wearing, let's say, leather pants, chaps perhaps, <laughs> you also hear those move. Uh, you can You can hear my shoes move. Uh, if there is a, a subway that's providing sound in my direction, you can hear that sound bounce off of my body and then give me area. Mm-hmm. If I'm moving my arm, my arm is moving through the air making sound. And so all of those things culminated along with the temperature, the heart rate that he can hear. All of those things are what provide Daredevil with that extrasensory perception that all of us could have, I suppose. I don't know that I could ever be attuned enough to hear what Chris's heart sounds like two and a half feet away from me. But that all of those extra awesome things that he gets to uh, partake in is what allows him to have his, quote, superpowers. And I eventually, eventually, as it goes on, you start catching mm-hmm. on to that. But yeah. it's real, real subdued. Loose, yes. And I like that. I really do like that. Rather than the, again, the making pancakes syrup bottle moment, like I mentioned before. I'm not interested in any of that. I, want, I do want it more subtle, and I think mm-hmm. they give it here. Wait a second. Defense attorneys... Is that an instant turnoff for cops? To a lot of police officers, yeah. There's a uh, you know there is a tension between cops and defense attorneys a lot of times. You know because a lot of times they're trying to defend the people that you're trying to put in jail. And is so it really so just trying to get the bad guys off, and that's what the big stink and and you know yeah. There's a lot is. of there's a lot okay. of police officers that you know they they take that personally and such. Mm-hmm. But um, no, as far as uh, you know the the characterization of Murdoch and Nelson, their defense attorneys. No, I mean it. It 
didn't affect me. I thought uh, I thought it was interesting the way that they painted them. Does and, that get into the same vein of, you know, obviously cops are trying to put the bad guys in jail mm-hmm. slash get rid of the bad guys, but then you've got the bad cops. And so let's say sure. someone were to paint the entire law enforcement division of sure. Yeah, and absolutely, and it's 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 one of those things where you don't use a broad brush, you know, to paint everybody. You know, my my opinion and mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. I know uh, I know a lot of defense attorneys that are good people that have good values. They uh, I think everybody deserves a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want justice. I want the bad guys to go to jail. You know, I also know defense attorneys that uh, that they have a job to do and they try to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times. They don't like it either. So I respect that. And, and, you know, that's not every cop. No, no. But this little dynamic that we're talking about, though, is what makes me interested in Daredevil properties in general. mm -hmm. Because I think that Daredevil is literally dancing with the devil at the same time that he's trying to be a good guy slash put the bad guys away. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that. I I enjoy watching it and looking at it. We'll get into some of that because there's even dialogue about it. Yeah. Confessional. Really hitting home as a Catholic. Yeah. I mean, you know, born and raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the, he's in the confessional, mm-hmm. and um, he's talking. The priest is trying to continue to move him along. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, get to the point. What What do you want to confess? And I think that it really goes into that dialogue where, you know, he, he starts saying, well, you know, my you know, father was a boxer, and the Murdoch clan has the devil in him. you got to get the devil out. Mm-hmm. And he starts going into you know, what he does without actually coming out and saying it. I thought the dialogue was really good, you know, because it kind of works the title, Mm -hmm. Daredevil, Mm -hmm. into how it fits into this character. Mm -hmm. He even says, I'm not going to confess what I've done. He says, it's, you know, it's about what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and the priest even says, well, it doesn't work like that. And then he kind of goes into, I don't regret it. So it's kind of got that back and forth and kind of tries to lay the groundwork. And it is walking the edge. Mm-hmm. And what you ask yourself, okay, wait a minute, is this guy a good guy? Is this guy a bad guy? You know, is he doing more good than bad? Which you kind of see later on in the episode. It seems like he's got a little bit of an inner struggle, too. Yeah. You know, going on. Yeah. So it, they, they put that dynamic. I think it adds for a really uh, deep character. Yeah. Not only deep character, but it allows you to not have nearly as much exposition inside of a series like this. It's done via voiceover. Mm-hmm. When it can be done in a, inside a confessional in reverse order. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. I also love the balls to be able to use something as bold mm-hmm. as religion and put it out there bold. I, I, that is something that is missing almost every single time inside of modern day television mm-hmm. when there is an overwhelming number of people that do have some kind of faith in their life. And being able to bring that to the forefront and use it as a... Uh, a dramatic appliance inside of the series, I think is tremendous. Well, and and it's a statement too, saying, you know, th- this guy obviously has some type of faith because he is, he wouldn't be in a confessional. He wouldn't be talking. He wouldn't be going through that if he didn't, but you know, he's not perfect. He's mm-hmm. a flawed person. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he kind of lines that out. Well, that's real. Human trafficking, a great fight, but the hero, is he good or bad? And that's exactly what we were talking about just a mm-hmm. minute ago. Yeah. He swoops in to save the women mm-hmm. that they have captured that they're going to sell or put into the... Uh, Sex, slave trade, whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. he beats everybody up and, you know, saves them and tells them to take off. He's kind of, he's unorthodox, mm-hmm. but uh, you still haven't decided. Is yeah. he a good guy or is he a bad guy? There's a very interesting piece <clears throat> inside this fight scene. In fact, there's another couple of fight scenes at least inside of the series that are... 
saying knock down drag out is mm-hmm. not nearly providing enough really oh, yeah. great influence yeah uh, having watched written about and interacted with mixed martial arts fighters now for a decade i love being able to see fight scenes that really look like people are fighting mm-hmm. uh, for for a lot of people that are just watching television you might see a you know a wild sweeping cowboy punch and you go wow that was cool mm-hmm. but what you see inside of not just this episode but the entire series is what looks like people really fighting at a high level and i really appreciate that especially as someone that can look at it and go that looks real as opposed to it's a bunch of people throwing cowboy punches and missing, or it's just camera tricks, or it's somehow CG where the, the fist hits the jaw and the and your jaw kind of goes in slow motion. That's not what we're seeing here. We're seeing something where they're really elaborate, close quarters fighting. But what they've done inside of this series, especially this particular scene in this episode, is they've taken the care to back the camera off. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that because there's nothing worse than watching a fight scene where you get to watch people's wrists interact. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. It doesn't look good. And while it might look way more kinetic because there's a whole bunch happening inside of the screen that you're watching, right. you don't really get the story of what's going on inside the fight. And they bother to pull back out of it and let you see what happens. Right. I really enjoy that inside of this. A very graphic crime scene. Like you said, and this is probably one of the things we differ on, you you said, you know, Netflix, you know what, they don't have to abide by the PG-13. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of on the other side on a, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't sit down and watch it with my kid. Sure. Um, it was... Uh, For what it's worth, I wouldn't watch this with my 12-year-old. Right. And so, I get it. It's, you know, so some of it with the, uh, with the crime scene, a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. You know, got the bloody knife. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're trying to make it realistic. Uh, yeah, stabbing, you're going to have a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. You know, do we need it? You know, do we need all that? Do we need to go beyond PG-13 to, you know, and your side of it, I'm guessing you're going to say, well, you know, hey, they, that's going to make, that's going to make the show, it's going to make it more realistic. Maybe it's hokey. If they don't, you you may be right. I think, Um, I think that there's a way to step by graphic violence, in particular inside of comic book movies. mm -hmm. I just know that something like a property like Daredevil, Mm -hmm. one of the things that is focused on continually inside of Daredevil is that he's able to take a real beating. And we're not just talking about people beating on him like with fists. Mm -hmm. We're talking about stabbings. We're talking about Mm -hmm. getting nicked up in in every part of his body, uh, being shot at, Mm -hmm. if not through. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of that stuff has happened inside of Daredevil lore. And so that you get to literally see it inside the first episode, I think is a really nice uh, leg up. Um, There's a future episode, and this doesn't spoil anything, where somebody finds Daredevil inside of a dumpster Mm -hmm. near death. That is incredibly common inside of uh, Daredevil comics. And, and so to see that leached out of what's coming inside of the lore is a really neat piece of the fabric of what makes up Daredevil. Now, with, with that crime scene, with that graphic crime scene, i got to say that they set it up as far as uh, from a law enforcement perspective mm-hmm. was great because that's an open and shut case. <clears throat> I mean, you, have, you, you, paint it, you paint the picture that you've got the suspect there, knife in hand, blood everywhere, all over the victim and her cops literally you know, walking in on <clears throat> bam done. open and shut case yeah and then later on they reverse that good <laughs> yeah good touch yeah yeah why did the cop call because it's not just about a box of cigars i'm thinking not you know no. i i no. you know he so he gives him a box of cigars you know the little comedy relief you know mm-hmm. you shouldn't be giving the uh cigars to his mother the cop's mother whatever but yeah, why did he call? So the, this this sergeant, this desk sergeant, calls them up and gives them this tip 
of uh, you know this woman just brought in, um, and this is an open shut case, like we said, smoking gun. She had the knife in her hand. She's over the body, blood everywhere. And um, why did why did he call and tip him off? And then the, he adds that the assistant DA uh, didn't call it in yet. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on in the court system. Does the cop suspect something? Does that police officer that uh, that tipped off Murdoch and Foggy did did he suspect something? Is that why he called that in? Is he trying to make something right? I don't know. That was just a question I had in my head when that came through because it looked it looked like there was something more there. Hi, we're the attorneys. How are you? Can we take the handcuffs off the 110 pound woman? Quote unquote. Yeah, I wasn't wild about the. The dialogue. Can we take the handcuffs off the 110 pound woman? You know, I mean, if I'm sitting in there as a detective, you know, my my response is going to be, "You mean the woman that just stabbed this guy to death? You know, 80 times with the blood all over? You mean you want me to take the handcuffs off of her?" So, and you know, that would be the banter back and forth. But let's back talk up about how realistic this is. Mm-hmm. Two attorneys show up to the police station and tell me, "Hey." I'm such and such as attorney in the back. You know, mm-hmm. the, the if we want to talk about a realistic aspect, two attorneys show up and say, "We are the attorneys for the suspect you have sitting back in the interrogation room." My response is, "Well, the suspect back in the interrogation room did not request an attorney, so I'm not going to let you see him." Um, and we've had that happen before. You know, you have sure. an attorney show up to volunteer, and until the person in the back says, "Hey, I want an attorney. I want to call my attorney." You know, I want to talk to somebody. You know, we don't we don't take volunteers, mm-hmm. and that's where you know that's where it kind of you know goes goes a little unrealistic for me. And is that a jurisdiction thing? Are there are there jurisdictions where they would accept somebody that is volunteering? Perhaps time I can't okay. I can't speak for every law enforcement agency, but I know that uh, you know your investigators are going to try to interview or interrogate this person before an attorney talks to them. An attorney's going to tell them don't talk. Mm-hmm. You know, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. In this case, she doesn't need to say anything. She was standing over the body with a knife and blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And they probably don't need a confession, mm-hmm. but they're going to still try to get one and talk to her before those attorneys tell them, tell her not to talk. So when they show up, I think the cops tell them, you know, hey, hit the road. However, there's something wrong with this whole situation to begin with. Oh, yeah. As we start seeing yeah. early on. Yeah. Not taking a plea. You have Murdoch and Foggy. Mm-hmm sitting there debating and Murdoch says, yeah, we're not going to take a plea, you know, cause Foggy's sitting there saying, wait a minute, you know, we might get manslaughter. We might get murder second, we might get manslaughter, you know, and that's what a defense attorney would do. Mm-hmm. And you have Murdoch saying, no, we're not going to take a plea. Mm-hmm. Really not going. I mean, you're not going to go to trial. On right. That. You, I mean, you're you, going to go to trial. But you with, get why he's saying that. Right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cause th- that's the other component of, it's the he's fun not part. Su- he's not a not such a good attorney, right? Well, not a- only is he not a good attorney. <laughs> well, no, I take that back. He uses he uses that people think he's going to be a bad attorney. Yeah. On them. Yeah. So that he can use his extrasensory perception powers. Right. To determine what is true and then eventually will out. That that's what's happening there. But I like the aspect because you do see it behind the scenes yeah. and his character yeah. of saying no. I'm going to I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to go for what's right mm-hmm. no matter what the cost is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to stand up against these these terrible odds because mm-hmm. the, it's terrible odds that you're going to you're going to go and take <laughs> yeah. this case and try to win it in court. Yeah, so but, I like that aspect. Yeah. An attempted killing by the guard. 
Well, you know those guards inside of every prison everywhere, ever. And, Questionable characters. And was it was it a guard or was it or was it somebody? I get they had a white shirt on, so you know, you, typically a white shirt in law enforcement uh, atones to or or translates to a uh, a ranking officer or mm-hmm. whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, was that a? I don't know if that was you know a member of the the prison guard or wherever she was being held. Mm-hmm. But he goes in there and he tries to kill her. Mm-hmm. He tries to strangle her and then she gouges his eye and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you know, another kind of semi graphic scene where uh, they could have probably cut it short, cut that one short and said, you know, just left you with, you know, he tried to kill her. She somehow got away. And the other thing with that too is how did she get away? She gouged his eye and then she started screaming, I guess maybe alerted somebody else. I mean, this guy was like, you know, three times her size though too. This is one of the things that stands out to me as a totally unresolved inside the episode so much so that I want to have to go back and watch it because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how she either was able to flee the cage because the door wasn't closed or I I don't remember. I don't remember. From what I remember, she didn't flee. He gets in there, he gets the something, ligature, whatever, around her neck. He's trying Mm -hmm. to strangle her and make it look like a a hanging. sheet, yeah. Sheet, Uh right? And he's going to make it look like a suicide. She reaches up, gouges him in the eye, Mm -hmm. She breaks away and runs to the bars mm-hmm. and screams as loud as she can. Mm-hmm. And I guess that breaks up. Then I guess he gives up and gives that up breaks and up. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. And that's actually one of the detracting elements of what we're talking about here because that you've only seen that one episode and mm-hmm. I've pushed past through the episode already. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not a good thing. Right. Super dark scenes. I'm going to start this one off. Go ahead. Because I like it. I, I, this lends itself to one Matt being all in black, which and all of you are wondering, well, wait a second, where's the red outfit? The bottom line is that the original story tellings of what happened with Daredevil all started in this kind of black wrap, and that's it. That's mm-hmm. all he had. So he didn't have a suit. He didn't have pieces, parts to put on and have the red leather. He didn't have that right. at the beginning. And so they're showing that. They're They're giving you some really great building pile up and i like that the outfit's more realistic if he was dressing up in the in the red leather etc mm-hmm. i don't think it i thought it would probably come off more hokey but sure. uh yeah as far as the outfit goes yeah mm-hmm. it, it it's more legit the dark scenes and stuff sometimes got a little bit hard to see translate sometimes it did add to the drama mm-hmm. the, the fight scene that they have outside in the rain and mm-hmm. it's darker and it allows them to really zoom in on the fight mm-hmm. going on but yeah i mean it, it it i don't know it was 50 50 it had its pros and cons for me yeah. some some scenes were really hard to see now a lot of this i also watched on a really nice high-end tablet so i i had a really great series of contrast that i was watching on so i didn't have anything that was too pitch black in this why didn't they kill you rehashing with the victim yeah, I think this is great writing. I agree. You know, and, I agree. It's something uh, bravo, we don't see hardly enough. Bravo to the writers. Inserting this uh, this scene where Murdoch rehashes with the victim. He goes through it logically, and it shows his thought process. And um, you know, as a as a cop and an investigator, I like that. Yeah. He, he goes back through this logical thought process. He lays it all out. He says, "Look, here's what I don't understand." And he's telling the victim, "You know, this happened. This happened. This happened." He's it would have been just easier for them to kill you. Why didn't they kill you? And this is the only deduction that I have. You have something that they want. I mean, he completely lines it out. And um, and one of the other things that I think was was 
interesting and really good was she lies to him, and you can see as the viewer her body language mm-hmm. that indicates she lies, but he can't. Mm-hmm. But the look on his face, even though he's blind, tells you that he can tell, still tell that she's lying. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I thought it was great, too. And the reason I liked it is because anytime you can offer up someone, a character inside the feature film or a television show, doing exactly what is on the viewer's mind mm-hmm. is a total win. You don't ever lose anything because you get a lot of empathy factor out of that when the, one of the characters on screen actually does something that the characters are thinking so that you can move along the, the process, in this, in this case, of deduction. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. That's great stuff. And to stack that with somebody being impaired where mm-hmm. they can't see it, I, yeah. it was just it was great. Yeah. Good writing. Yeah. How does a blind guy fight someone with a knife? My experience, they don't. <laughs> well, they lose. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, they wouldn't fight very long, right? No, and that's you know that was kind of a point in the story where I'm like, wait a minute, is this believable? Mm-hmm. And the reason being is I'm not familiar with the Daredevil Property. superpowers, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. I, I, I I'm not getting that enough to where wait a minute, wait a minute, the toxic waste. However, I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking, well, maybe something happened with this accident. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has these extraordinary powers, but they just haven't talked about it enough. Mm-hmm. So. In it, it, it frustrates me, and I'm like, oh, I'm not getting this. You know, he, 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 no way he wins against this guy with the knife because the guy with the knife's really good. Mm-hmm. However, it also has me asking the question, does episode two give me that answer? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what they're going for. Well, I'm not going to tell you whether or not episode two gives you the answer because obviously I want you to watch the second episode. Right. Uh, what this does do for you, however, is that it makes you ask the question. Right. And that's what I find the most endearing about all of this, especially your perspective of Daredevil himself, is that you don't know, but you want to know. Right. Ah, score. That's a score for the writers. Sure. A single dad who really does care about his son. Yeah, I like this. I like this aspect. Me too. I think that it it brings in a, a human aspect and a character that I believe is only going to appear in flashbacks. You know, his father. Mm-hmm. But he wants to teach his son about survival. And his son is, you know, and he, he comes home, he's a fighter. His face is all beat up, he's bleeding. But he sits down at the table, you know, and his son has to uh, do his homework. I, I'm assuming it's in Braille. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, son, you got to continue to do your homework. I don't want you to end up like me. And then he allows his son to touch his face so he knows how his face is bloated and injured. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really good. I thought that was a really good uh aspect human aspect to add to the yeah providing endearment especially when you're talking about a father and son is something that is way too unavailable inside of modern day television Mm -hmm. now for those of you that know anything about the story the endearment is (laughs) short-lived but the the fact is that they show it and they bother to say that i need you to be something more than i have ever become Mm -hmm. and I, i think that every parent wants that for their child regardless of where you've ascended to inside of whatever your chosen profession is, you always want your children to do better than you. Right. And being able to tell them that literally uh, and not just figuratively, knowing that his son can't see. Right. And inspiring him to do that, that makes you that makes you hope right. for what happens inside of parentum inside of television. Or in this case, uh, online television. Right. Running a little bit long during this episode of WhatCopsWatch.com, focusing on Daredevil on Netflix, Season 1, Episode 1, Into the Ring. We'll be right back. 
Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Two Guys Talking is proud to announce a new program on the Two Guys Talking podcast network. Conspiracy Agents hosted by Kevin Hawthorne, which will provide outstanding conspiracy and mystery-based content to the Two Guys Talking Network. Check it all out now at conspiracyagents.com as another new year of captured perspective here at Two Guys Talking begins. Conspiracy Agents, hosted by Kevin Hawthorne. Conspiracy Agents. That's conspiracyagents.com. Fight Ribbon Clothing Company. Clothing and fight gear on a mission. Fight Ribbon is the original MMA clothing company built from the ground up for fighters and fans. Clothing with a purpose. The new face of cancer awareness. Fight Ribbon Clothing Company. Because what you wear matters. Visit fightribbon.com. Movies have taken generations, young and old, by storm. Toy Story, starring Tom Hanks and a voice cast that just will not quit, are ready to be reviewed by Two Guys Talking. Be sure to join me, Mike Wilkerson, and an array of guest hosts as we review each and every one of the beloved Toy Story franchise. One, two, and the most recent three. Only from Two Guys Talking. Things in 1982 were a lot more simple. BMX bikes, the Versailles apartment complex in Schaumburg, Illinois, the sweet, innocent kiss of Andrea Schaefer, and of course, a little film from a man named Steven Spielberg called E.T. Science fiction, the detail of a broken but still together family, the relationships that were made when you were 12, ones that are never again truly realized. It seems a lot heavier than most remember, but all of these things and more await you in the Two Guys Talking Perspective Review of Steven Spielberg's E.T. 1982 on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Check it out now at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two, guystalking.com. This is Greg Howdyshell, the Chief of Police with the Warrington, Missouri Police Department. You're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Everyone, welcome back to WhatCopsWatch.com, our focus on Season 1, Episode 1 of Daredevil on Netflix, Into the Rape, an almost loser of the knife fight. He gets tore up here, doesn't he? And it's not your typical superhero. I mean, no, yeah, I mean they, no. they, they start losing and then they battle back. 
You know, it's it still goes back to that uh, above the PG thirteen rating too. You know, you you see the blood dripping off his lip at the end, and you're like, hey, "Come on, I wanted somebody a little tougher." But apparently, from what you've told me, that this is typical. Yeah. With the characterization, this is what the character is about. Yeah. Well, and that they're able to go here is what I I find instantly endearing of what they're doing with the storyline. Mm-hmm. Daredevil always ends up on top, eventually. Mm-hmm. But he always gets, it's, he talks about it inside of the dialogue here. Murdochs always take a beating, mm-hmm. but they'll always take a beating. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I, the, it, it speaks to many things that none of us are. I know that I would not endear well inside of some sort of uh, life and death fight, in particular when someone else has a knife and I do not. And you can't see. Right. It would, it would, especially with no superpowers, uh, it would definitively not go over well. I have a brilliant personality that wouldn't stop the guy with a knife. <laughs> I, I like this scene for the aspects of it did start to flush out, you know, some of the powers that he had. He could hear the, the chain rattling, mm-hmm. you know, he could... Uh, subtly. Uh, you know, right, subtly. The knife, and I, lo- I loved how they they shot it, too, like the knife going across, you know, cutting through the rain. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Those are the things inside of Daredevil, this miniseries that were pulled off wonderfully, mm-hmm. where inside of what happened inside of the feature films, it is very saccharine mm-hmm. again and over and over and over again. Because after you see it a couple of times, you understand the representation of what Daredevil sees. Mm-hmm. But here, let's show you another awesome CGI sequence. And the original CGI films just were not at the point where everything would come off seamlessly slash piece of real slash mm-hmm. uh, didn't interrupt the story. Very often inside of other things, two guys talking, we talk about how special effects needs to be an augment and an enhancement mm-hmm. and not a speed bump. And inside of the very first feature films, there is definitive hardcore speed bumping going on mm-hmm. with the special effects. Right. Uh, think of anything that you've seen inside of say uh, the sci-fi channel over the last 10, 12 years. Right. Now that's steadily gotten better, but still you've got something like, let's say Sharknado. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously it's a tornado with sharks flying out of it. Okay. Well, common sense kind of breaks those bounds, but the (laughs) stuff, the stuff that needs to be commonsensical, like a guy leaping from one side of an alley to another, Mm -hmm. but nine and a half feet vertically across. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the things that end up ruining storytelling with special effects usage. And you don't get that inside of the series ever. No. There's always a piece of, uh, I don't want to say reality because that's so overused inside of something like this. The the fact is that you don't have to have dark, edgy, bloody, now it's time to cut flesh to equal reality. You don't. And I got, you know, I mean, I, I thought, I thought, well, I know he's a superhero, comic book hero, but all the way up to this point, pretty normal guy yes you know he's blind Mm -hmm. he's got you know he can fight Mm -hmm. but that was my that was my conclusion all the way up to this point i was starting to think maybe he had a little bit more than you know the average person Mm -hmm. but i couldn't put my finger on it and chris frankly i think that they have struck gold with someone like you watching this series Mm -hmm. because you don't know and you're curious and you're asking the questions i really do think that that's their goal here right the the other thing that i want to make sure is a an extreme hardcore bullet point that we talk about not so super Mm -hmm. you and i got finished talking about our avengers perspective review that focuses on the avengers right where you've got these gargantuan 
you know, full of giant blonde hair and a metal suit and a giant right. green guy built from gamma rays. Right. This is not that. This no. is a guy on the street fighting. Right. And he just so happens to have these augmented senses of perception mm-hmm. that allow him to fight in the in the way that he does fight and has learned to fight. Right. And that it is not a superhero story featuring a superhero. Right. I really love that. Right. And it, and it, and makes it, it makes it absolutely interesting to me, so much so that I think somebody like you that knows nothing about Daredevil, like you, could watch this entire series never having heard the word Daredevil, mm-hmm. like you, and really enjoy this series. And I I'm really good, believe that. I'm good with the Avengers. The thing that I think attracts me to the superhero type is not so much you know, the superpowers and so on and so forth, it's the values. Mm-hmm. If you lie down a set of common core good values, so, you know, I lay down my life for other people, you know, I uh, I try to defend the weak, good over evil, yeah, then then I like it. You know, I, I that's why I love the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And if this series has that, and which I've seen, the main character does have that, yeah, that's something that's a big plus for me. Yeah. Well, there's another aspect to that that I also really endear, and it's what initially drew me to the series Dexter on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's that, for those that don't know anything about Dexter, Dexter was a serial killer of serial killers. Right. Okay, so very, very dark at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, murderous. But he's going to take care of bad guys. And I'm okay with that. Almost carte blanche. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, go get the bad guys and make them disappear. I could watch that series. So, In fact, not only did I watch that series, I reviewed that entire series right, via podcast. Right. So, yes, I, I can I can totally take that. Even in the bad writings, that's what you boil down Dexter to is that he is a, a serial killer of serial killers. And I thought it was extraordinary. So with me, and I've seen like one episode of Dexter, but with me, yeah, it's still tough for me to swallow it as a cop mm-hmm. because – to me, it's uh, we still have a criminal justice system. Yeah. We still have to abide by a code. Mm-hmm. And we still have to have you know certain values. The vigilante justice in fiction, I can watch. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to put a good value mark on. Well, I'm a serial killer. Okay, well you got good values. You're still a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can endorse you. I, but can I be entertained by that spin on it? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, a little bit of maybe. two guys talking trivia that will interest at least somebody inside of this podcast listening audience. <laughs> the uh, we had options after we finished the twenty four podcast, uh-huh. focusing on uh, each and every episode of Jack Bauer's Adventures twenty four on Fox, mm-hmm. which everyone can go listen to right now. By the way, over at twenty four podcast dot com. Mm-hmm. But we had several options after that series ended to jump onto, mm-hmm. and so of the two that we got bo- got it all boiled down to, we had. Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. you know, the series about a guy that cooks meth, mm-hmm. or the serial killer of serial killers. Right. And it's two things that I've spoken yeah, out about. I'm like, come on, who's, <laughs> what are our heroes coming down yes. to? You got a, a meth cook and a serial killer, not just a non-starter for a cop. <laughs> Ironically, I know cops that have watched Breaking Bad and yeah. gone, oh my gosh, that was such a great series. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch yeah. it. Yeah. I've heard the you know characterization yeah. and you know my thing was hey wait a minute I can't I can't praise the meth cook I no. just can't do it no. and the answer I get and this is from cops well it kind of goes bad for him oh, okay well yeah well it's I don't a, know. it's a definitive learning tale yeah. there's no question about it across every single character yeah. uh, good or bad or yeah. in the middle it doesn't make any difference it's an absolute learning tale and this the tale that they spun 
during the telling of that story mm-hmm. is phenomenal. I just, couldn't, I, I just couldn't get to the point where I saw the action figures, and he had the gas mask, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, no, I can't have my kids playing with that. Really? Uh, no, Come you on. can't. You can't. But as long as you make sure that they don't get anywhere near any of that stuff, right. and you watch it as uh, essentially a book on TV, right? I mean, it is an extraordinary. And that's it what is, I've heard. It is some of the best writing ever in the history of television. That's what I've heard. And it, it really does, It again, it pays off for everybody in the end, really. Who is the mysterious bad guy? Yeah, something that kept me guessing, you know, they, they keep hinting at this hierarchy of evil, mm-hmm. and it's like, who is it? Mm-hmm. And they string you along, they never tell you. I'm guessing that in the 13 episodes, they slowly bring this out, mm-hmm. which I like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a great aspect. Well, um, what struck you the most about the mysterious character, the mysterious bad guy? Just how they set it up with the dynamic of, you know, first they have his minion go out and he threatens threatens this guy you know he's got a he's got a tablet and he's showing him his daughter and then the other guy that may do something or you know take out his daughter or whatever mm-hmm. and then they have the contingency of dirtbags that get together in the uh, i don't know what it was the building under construction and they're mm-hmm. all they're talking about what they need to do and mm-hmm. what they can't what the plan is and then in the end they start eliminating the people that know about mm-hmm. the cover-up or mm-hmm. whatever sure but they never really come out and say you you kind of hear his voice mm-hmm. you know who's giving the instructions but they never really give you who it is mm-hmm. so i like that aspect that there's a greater evil out there mm-hmm. and they're going to and it's a mystery mm-hmm. so i enjoy trying to figure those out uh, and it is one of the best things that's painted inside the series in my opinion is the uh, the evolution of what is the big bad inside of what you're watching and mm-hmm. the neat part is that you don't really ever get it the, the, there's mm-hmm. there are aspects that guide you along the tail and allow you to build the story yourself, and I really like that a lot. A good blend of characters that ends with a meal. Yeah, I, I, so I'm thinking this is the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to turn it off. I'm Whoops. like, okay, look. You got the beginning, the middle, and the end. Uh-huh. They gave us closure. Mm-hmm. She starts to work for them. You know, they offer the job. She's cooking the meal. Mm-hmm. It's her grandmother's recipe or whatever it was. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's nice. They wrapped it up really nice. But not so much. Right. Well, and this is a hallmark of just about every comic book movie. If you've seen one in the last, geez, 10 years, Mm -hmm. they'll have not just the third act and a finality to the third act. Mm -hmm. They'll have another uh, prologue scene, which is very common inside of comic bookdom. Right. Where you've got the prelude, you've Mm -hmm. got the main introduction, you've got the main story, then you've got the prologue, what happens Mm -hmm. after, to then hook you into what is going to be the next book that you then have to go buy. Mm-hmm. Well, they've done exactly the same thing inside of this. In fact, I think so much so that if, and this is a warning to everybody, if you have 13 hours available inside of your next day to come, <laughs> you're making a big mistake starting this at, I don't know, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you will sit and you will watch a goodly part of what you're being offered here on Netflix. It is probably the largest warning I would give to anybody because everybody knows what kind of time suck can happen when you get in front of a television series Mm -hmm. that you care anything about in particular when it's something like this that's comic book based. Time disappears. Mm -hmm. uh, Priorities fly out the window. And suddenly you realize that you're eight and a half hours in and you go, okay, just this last one. (laughs) Oh, they got me again with the prologue. (laughs) And then you've got to watch the next one. And the way that Netflix works is it will actually spool up the next one for you. So mm-hmm. you don't even have any option to hit the pause button. Mm-hmm. You're literally going to be maybe five or six seconds into the, the credit scenes of what's going on here. 
it won't even finish out the credit scenes for you. It will then just launch you into the next episode, and right. now you're watching the next episode, and you go, ah, just one more. Yeah, it gives you like a 12-second countdown, mm-hmm. and then it's on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good and a bad inside of this, but uh, again, I, I, I love the blend of what they're giving here. It really is good. Matt appearing back in the old gym. Yeah, so they pick it up after where I thought it was going to end. So they pick it back up after, and he's in the gym, and he's training, and you mm-hmm. get a little taste of, I like how they scroll over his dad's name. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a fight, that an upcoming fight, mm-hmm. you know. and Old, uh, it's like, old fight poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fight poster, and mm-hmm. they give you a little bit of background on that. So kind of like that. It didn't show anything too revealing, I guess, in the gym, other than, you know, he does train, he leaves the lights off, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then there were some scenes that I just I didn't like. They had the dead guard mm-hmm. or the cop, mm-hmm. you know, because they had to clean up the loose ends. It was a scene where the woman's walking in with her laundry basket, and oh my gosh, she finds him and he's shot in the head. Ah, uh, I don't know. And you know, it was another graphic, bloody scene. And mm-hmm. could they have done something more low key, elusive? Yeah, elusive. You know, something where. He di- him disappearing or something I get it. like it, that. It's it's the definitive graphic violence part that gets you on this stuff. I and I totally get that. Uh, what I also get is, hey, look at the cop that doesn't look like looking at dead cops. I get that too. Yeah, from one sequence to another, you know, goes from that scene. It goes to the I don't know. There's a the drug factory or everybody's blind in the drug factory. And I'm thinking, okay, now this is going to tie in somewhere. Mm-hmm. You don't get it in this episode. I'll watch for the future episodes. But mm-hmm. you have the uh, Oriental woman, and she's you know walking around, and everybody's blind, and they're putting all the drugs together and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. Then you have the bad guys are gearing up again. Mm-hmm. And then, to top it off, I didn't like kind of the sequence. Mm-hmm. It goes to another, I'm going to take a kid scene <laughs> to top it off, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, and you get why the kid was taken, though, right? Now, well... Actually, I did not catch the why, but Vindication in the end, what I liked was in the very, very end, it shows him Mm -hmm. listening, Mm -hmm. and he hears the kid. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it. And he pulls the mask down. I liked it. So I liked that part. It was a good finale. I could have done without a couple of the scenes in there to get to that finale quicker, Mm -hmm. but I did get it. I did get it, and I did like it, and I did like the end. Well, and I think what you might be looking at, too, is that imagine if they had to clip, I don't know, if this was an hour long, they would mm-hmm. have had to have clipped 17 minutes out of this. Mm-hmm. I can foresee a lot of the violence getting gone right. to try and fit into 43 minutes. Right. So that may be where they were able to drag it out because they can drag it out because they can have an hour episode. Right. Frankly, it could go longer. Right. There, There is no, you may only spend an hour of my time. They could actually spend as much time as they want. Sure. They've chosen to keep them at about an hour. Right. Uh, th- th- that's a very interesting call on their on their take, but I love that you're propelled into the next episode. There's no I am no ifs ands or buts. You are going to watch the second one. Yeah, because I want I you know I want to an- I have some questions that I want to answer. Mm-hmm. So yeah yeah. So we come to the part of the WhatCopsWatch.com podcast where we open up our IA case files. An IA case file is going to showcase either a particular actor showcase, a moment inside the episode, or something that draws our attention. Chris, what do you got? You know, Mike, my, my IA case file, the favorite scene that I have, it's gotta be it's it's gotta be in the beginning when he's in the confessional and uh-huh. he's lining out his kind of bearing his soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. he's, Happens quite he's, a bit in he's the comics, telling too. he's telling really telling who he is mm-hmm. and what he's about and his his family history i kind of get the feeling at that point in the episode this is a righteous guy i mean he's mm-hmm. trying to do right he's had a lot of bad breaks mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. 
but he's trying to make the best of it. He's trying to do right, and he's trying to help people. Yeah. I think that's where it comes together for me. I think that's well said. I th- what I've really got to put inside my IA case file for this episode has to be pushing through quick on the superpowers. Now, I think you actually might have found it as a detractor at the beginning of this series. Mm-hmm. As someone that knows the lore, I rather liked it. Mm-hmm. I think what a lot of comic book properties previously have done is they'll languish mm-hmm. in the needing to tell the origin story of said superhero. And the faster that we can already have a already existing property and push them into the storytelling, the faster I'm satiated. Because I want more storytelling as opposed to yet another yarn about how this character came to be. I don't have any interest in revisiting all of that. We've seen essentially all of it inside of the original Daredevil feature film, which isn't too dissimilar than what we see here. Mm-hmm. He's not saving somebody. He's actually running away from somebody. And wrong place, wrong time. Here's some toxic ooze in your eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different, but that they've wrapped it in hero them. I don't mind that at all because it really does graft onto what daddy murdoch has raised in matt murdoch and that mm-hmm. matt would go out of his way to save an old dude trying to cross the street and whoops he gets screwed. right right and it sets that tone right from the beginning yeah i like that character and that they push like through they it fast that's what's got my IA case file inside this episode of daredevil so we've come to the part of whatcopswatch.com focusing on netflix's daredevil season one episode one into the ring where we apply for a warrant. As far as that goes, I don't know. The jury's out with me. The jury's me. out on this one, The really. jury is out with me. Okay. Now, here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. We may issue. That's going to depend on episode two for me. Well, you know, this series is endearing, and I've been looking for the right way to review it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps whatcopswatch.com would be an excellent way to review it because of the law enforcement that's involved, i.e. the defense attorneys, as well as the cops, asterisk, that -hmm. are featured inside of this series. So why don't we plan on that, an episode two review of Daredevil on Netflix. Sounds good. So the jury's out. No application for a warrant inside this episode, but be sure to check out whatcopswatch.com for more episode reviews of Daredevil on Netflix. So we've come to the part of the WhatCopsWatch.com podcast where we rate this episode of Netflix's Daredevil, Season 1, Episode 1, Into the Ring. The scale works like this. 10 is awesome, great, I need to have me some more. 1's, not so much. Everything starts at a 7 as an average. The positives make the score go up. The negatives take the score down. Chris, what do you got? I got a 7. Like I've said before, I get to see episode two, and that mm-hmm. may go up. Mm-hmm. You know, the jury's still out as to recommend, not recommend. But I got to say this they've got my interest to keep me coming back. I want some questions answered. It's got its good aspects. That you've got those questions at the end, I think, is exactly what they were looking for when they made this series. Mm-hmm. They wanted to rope the people that have no idea what the hell the word daredevil actually means. In fact, I think they could have even named this series something different. Mm-hmm. Just picking things out of midair if they'd have said man without fear inside of this. I would know no different. Right. So, And, and that's, that's kind of what I mean, is if they hadn't named it a property and used literally the physical silhouette of Daredevil to entice you to watch this, I wonder where you might be anyway. The bottom line is here, I give this first initial episode of Daredevil on Netflix, season one, episode one, into the ring, a seven also. Good standard fare that you need to watch 
because it's going to suck you into the rest of the series, just like it did my buddy Chris here. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. What I really enjoy about this is, again, that they push through it quick. They get almost directly to the action, which is really exciting. The the fight choreography is beyond stellar, even inside this initial offering. Mm -hmm. Uh, They paint the characters very quickly, but they make real characters. Any of these characters at all, in particular the screaming bloody woman with a knife in her hand, mm-hmm. she could have been an absolute nothing character inside of this this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't. They fleshed her out, literally. Right. Uh, Foggy Nelson. Me not hating Foggy Nelson. What the hell is going on here? I don't understand. It's because he's painted as a character mm-hmm. as opposed to nothing. That waft of what's to come. There's something else that you've got to see, and we're not going to show it to you this time. When you get to the end of the episode, you absolutely are wanting to watch that second one, and I did. Mm-hmm. I could not stop watching at least two episodes together, mostly just because of that's only how much time I have to take to sit and watch something television-based is maybe a couple hours at a time. The rest of my time is just filled with all kinds of other stuff. And so I watched it over a period of two weeks. Mm-hmm. It was extraordinary. The, uh, the the ability to storytell inside of the just the hour episodes that they get you, but then also to have that hook inside of a prologue. It's astounding, and I think you're going to find it really interesting as you go into episode two of Daredevil, which we are going to review here during WhatCopsWatch.com. So until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris DiGiuseppe, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is the end of your tour of duty. Another episode of What Cops Watch has been filed in records. But another scene is taking shape. So many dirtbags, so little time. Check back again soon to whatcopswatch.com and join us back in the squad room for your next assignment. Don't be late. This isn't a request. Are you a cop? You want to tell us about what you watch and why? Contact us by visiting whatcopswatch.com. There you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, subscribe to us via iTunes, and get regular briefings directly from your duty sergeant. Thanks for listening, and remember, after your tour of duty, hang up your duty belt, grab some coffee, kick back in that recliner, and listen to the next episode of whatcopswatch.com.